6 o'clock Eastern is the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And a reminder, under the terms of the new CBA, we've done away with that August stuff that used to happen where everybody would say, you guys said it was a deadline. It wasn't a deadline because they just added somebody. Gone. I'm glad. So if you're going to make a significant... You're going to make a significant move. You're going to make a significant uh, significant move. Today is the day to do it. And uh, as we mentioned, everybody around the Toronto Blue Jays has done something. Most of it good. I'm sure everybody around the Toronto Blue Jays will tell you that they've improved. The question is one: Why the hell hasn't Ross done anything? And I'm being a little facetious here. Mm. And two: What is out there that uh, the Jays still may? be interested in let's bring in the man who knows he's shy davidi mlb insider with sportsnet who is in tampa with the jay shy thanks so much for joining us uh this is what this is going to be your first of about 175 appearances on sportsnet today so thank you for this <laughs> no uh, problem guys you, you, your voice your voice come on man get, get more coffee Excited. in you come on man get more coffee <laughs> in you uh it's uh it's been it's been a it's been a long day already, but uh, all, all good. This is uh, this is a fun time. I bet it has. Have you squeezed your run in yet? Because that's a great area to run in, right? You're in you're in uh, St. Pete. Great area to run. You squeezed it in yet? I did uh, early this boy. morning. Uh, just be, just before uh, the, just before the humidity got uh, ridiculously. Oh boy! Just just oppressive early. Yeah, way to go. Um, are, is it safe to say that the Jays right now are in the market for rental players, or is that too? simplistic no i definitely think that's the market for them and i my sense even back to friday was that was probably where they were going to go i I would i do believe they were right there neck and neck with the yankees uh for uh, in the frankie montes lutrovino deal uh that didn't end up happening and those guys weren't rentals uh but uh, the yankees probably tipped the scale there uh, at the end, when they when they included Waldachuk and uh, Medina in that uh, in that deal, uh, beyond that, uh, it feels like, especially with the inflationary prices, that the rental market is where the Jays might find their comfort zone. I wonder. I've heard conflicting about uh, conflicting things about this the past few days. On uh, you know, yes, they might be in on Rachel Iglesias. No, they're not. Uh, the Angels may move them. They may not. That that to me would be a really intriguing one. Uh, it'd be a closer. He's got uh, the next three seasons. He's due sixteen million in each of them. That would be a huge departure for this team, uh, and that might be a deal that where you know the money becomes a bit more of a factor than the prospect mm-hmm. uh, but but that would be again a, a massive departure for this team the way that they look at relievers so I, I, it's still pretty wide open my guess is where it lands is it ultimately ends up with uh, some rental players shy what should that tell fans should, should that tell them that they really like their minor leaguers don't want to give them up or they don't think as highly about their team this year because of where the Astros and the Yankees are? That's a great question, and I've been thinking a lot about that. And on the surface, my first instinct is to say that it's more about how they're viewing their minor leaguers, and that whether that's relative to the market or relative to the opportunities that are at hand, you know, that we can debate a little bit, but... Clearly, last year, when they made the move for Barrios with Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson, 
they felt comfortable enough in surrendering those prospects uh, to, to make that deal happen and that they haven't done that yet. I mean, and, and it could still happen. So I don't want to, let, let's not jump to conclusions. There's still, uh, you know, eight more hours before or seven and a half more hours before we're all said and done here. But it could be that they simply feel much more strongly about their current group of prospects or it could also be reflective of maybe a divergence of opinion between how they value their prospects and how other teams are valuing their prospects. So, you know, I would say that that answer is probably a little of everything there, but you, you can't be too reactionary in this period. You're saying, okay, well, the Yankees are this and, you know, the, the Astros are this and, and we're this, so we're not going to do anything. You've got to try to address the holes that you have in your team as best you can and maximize the opportunity for you. And if you're kind of waving a white flag because the Yankees are really good this year, well, you know, you probably shouldn't be running a team. Shy, one of the things that does happen at this time of the year as well is general managers collect information, right? In other words, even if Ross Atkins doesn't trade, let's say Teoscar or Bo Bichette, at the trade deadline, he may have an idea of what their market value is just from sort of ancillary discussions that have come up. Do you think, and I understand all our focus is on today, is on the here and now, but I'm wondering if you think in the offseason, you know, let's say this team goes to the playoffs, it doesn't win a series or wins a series. Do you think in the offseason we may be looking at a bit of a, uh, a shakeup here? And, and by that, I mean that maybe the market for a guy like Bo, Teoscar is another guy, but Bo in particular because the Jays haven't made any headway in getting these guys signed. You think that may be something that Ross is kind of sussing out as well right now? I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot of the, the online chatter saying, oh, you know, build a package around Bo for Juan Soto and all these things. I just... I don't know how you recreate Bo Bichette if you trade him away and what, what you're going to do with him that is going to make it worthwhile for you to trade. I mean, like you've got a, a shortstop who's got a chance to win a batting title and the capability to drive in 100 runs. <laughs> you know, and even though he's been hot and cold a bit at the plate this year, I, I'm not trading that skill set. He's become a much more consistent defender, you know, the, the, the thing about the extension, my sense is that the Jays are comfortable playing things out with both Guerrero and Bichette right up until they're eligible to be free agents. And they feel that if they go to the market, they can always match or beat the other prices should they feel that's a deal they want to make at that point. Uh, just so, want to jump in quickly. Uh, John Heyman has reported that uh, the Minnesota Twins are getting Jorge Lopez from the uh, Baltimore Orioles, the Orioles closer. So um, wow. there you go. Yeah. Twins. Twinkies got better. Twinkies got better. <laughs> yeah. Definitely got better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's an interesting move from the Orioles too. Just, you know, that's <laughs> – they, they they started making some headway this year, and now they're subtracting a little. Yesterday with Trey Mancini, a, a trade that gutted them, but it was understandable from a contractual complaint, uh, co- from a contractual control standpoint. Yeah. Uh, Lopez is a little bit different. Let, let me ask you very quickly because I know we're, we're, we we want to let you scoot. Uh, I know you've got you've got a lot of work to do today. We saw the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals make an in division trade. Now the 
the Pirates that aren't, aren't a factor in that, that race right now, but they've made an in-division trade. Could you see the Jays and Boston making a deal? Because there are a couple of guys the Red Sox have. Look, Jackie Bradley Jr. would look okay here. Nathan Uvalde's a guy who makes sense. If you look at what the Jays are looking for, he makes a certain amount of sense as well. Do you think we could see a divisional trade within the East? Especially since Uvalde's a rental guy. So it's not like it would necessarily come back and, 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 and kill the Red Sox for the next four or five years. Well, it's kind of funny because we saw it in reverse, right? You think to a few years ago where the Jays sent Pierce to Boston right. and Hap to the Yankees. And, you know, now the Red Sox have to see Santiago Espinal yeah. all the time. And, and the return for, for Hap didn't end up uh, impacting uh, the division in a significant way. So it, it, I, I've wondered about that. I, I don't know where the Blue Jays sit on it. Clearly, they, they felt comfortable subtracting to their divisional rivals, if that's where the value is at. Uh, I wonder if there might be a bit of hesitation doing it on the buy side, uh, unless, you know, they felt comfortable enough that, you know, the player wasn't likely to come back and bite them in a significant way. Shy, we're going to let you go again. Appreciate you doing this. Uh, have a, mm-hmm. uh, have a great day today. Thanks buddy. Nope. Take care guys. Thanks yeah. man. A shy to VDR MLB insider with Sportsnet. So if you missed it, the breaking news, uh, an early trade today, Jorge Lopez going from the Orioles to the Minnesota Twins. And the Jays have 15 games left against the Orioles. So this is something to keep in mind. I guess there are two ways to look at it. One, Jorge Lopez is going to a team in Minnesota that the Jays might face in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, Jorge Lopez won't be facing the Jays in any of those it 15 helps. games. Although, who do the Jays play? After they're done with the Twinkies. Rays, they Twinkies. go on and play the Twinkies. Well, I, I, I just Four don't, games against I just the don't Twinkies. Know. I, I know what Shy just said. I don't know how the Blue Jays can afford to do that. The, the Blue Jays are as good at afford as, to do what? That they can't go out and get really good players just because they they're too many years of control and it would cost them too much. I, I don't think they have a choice. Like I, I I think they have to go out and get the best arm that they can possibly get or arms. Because all the other teams are doing it. All the other teams are getting better in the American League. Well, and you're, you're the only team that's not going to. I mean, Michael Former, I, I think he's a free agent in 24. But how, how, how do you just. So you're just going to go out and, and just get the guys that are free agents next year? I, I, that for me, I'm just not sure makes a ton of sense. I, I know probably what they're trying to do. You know, you want your cake and eat it too. But can you do that? Well, let's find out what the Boston Red Sox are up to. Let's bring in Rob Bradford of WEEI. So, so Rob, I don't know if it's a matter of the Red Sox wanting their cake and eating it too, as much as I'm not entirely certain what what Heim Bloom is baking right now. Is it a cake? Like, is it a cupcake? Is it a pie? I don't know. Is it a focaccia? Do you have any idea what he's doing right now? It, it, it kind of feels like a, one of those cakes you're baking that it sort of like collapses in the, in the middle of baking it. You're not good at baking. That's right. Don't open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That would be the exact same way. But yeah, listen, I mean, in this clubhouse right now, when I walked out of that clubhouse last night, these guys are as confused as anybody. These guys are, are I think, borderline angry, to be honest with you. They, they just traded away a, a guy who was very popular in a team, a guy who was very productive on this team. Um, so why Heim Bloom gets with the media last night in the middle of the game and says, "We want to, I want to make the playoffs, so forth, they, the puzzle isn't complete. Well, right now, the, the, you just took away a piece. 
and and until you put some other pieces back, no one's going to believe it because that's not the track record and that's not the sort of vibe that he's been giving off the whole way. So yeah, um, some very very uncomfortable um, feelings right now. I think in that clubhouse. Any idea if they would trade in the American League East? Well, With- I think they would. I think they would. But here's the thing: is that you know whatever trade you make. After what you said, which is, you know, we want to make the playoffs, whatever trade you make, there are certain trades that you you can't make and have that still hold up, right? And I think that's along those lines. I don't think you can make a trade with a team you're chasing, make them better, and and build something for the future. I don't think that's that's disingenuous. Just like with Nathan Avaldi and J.D. Martinez, Two guys who we have to see if they're going to be traded. If you, in my mind, if you trade either one of those guys, you're basically wave, waving the white flag because you need that. Those are the exact guys you need to make this aforementioned run. So there's no way you trade Bogarts after what you just said and trying to make the playoffs. Can't trade your shortstop, can you? Well, that's the bizarre thing is that about a week ago or five days ago they said. They went to Bogart and said, we're not trading you. Okay. They said they did the same thing with Devers. That's, that made everyone feel good for a minute. Mm-hmm. That made Bogart feel good. That made Devers feel good. But unless you're going to make a very real effort to re-sign these guys, which uh, neither one of them are talking right now, if you'd listen to them, unless you're going to make a real, very real effort, then why aren't you exploring it? What they should have done is made their what they felt was the close to their best offer for both those guys. Find out if it was realistic if they were going to sign them. And if they didn't feel it was realistic, then absolutely they should have entertained trading them. But instead, I think that public perception from ownership said, told them, say, hey, listen, we can't have this hit. we got to have you go down and tell them these two, our two guys aren't going to be traded. Well, I tell you what, those two guys last night leaving that clubhouse, weren't super happy about Vasquez leaving town. Yeah, that's uh, – I, I was thinking about that. I, I watched the game, and, you know, the, the whole scenario before the game was bizarre with oh. you know, poor Christian Vasquez in a Red Sox uniform and, you know, the Red Sox people ushering ushering him away. Uh, yeah, well, look, what, what did the Astros get in Christian Vasquez? Well, I think they – listen, they, they get they get a – a, a good catcher. He's a flawed catcher, but he's a good catcher. He's a good. He's been actually playing his best baseball this year. I don't think there's any question about it. In years past, there was a there was whispers that the pitchers, or some of the pitchers, didn't want to throw to them. wasn't a great pitch caller. Uh, wanted to be more like you, one of the Molinas. You know, cared more about that sort of stuff of being flashy behind the plate. But I think this year he has taken a huge, huge step forward. And he's a good guy to have in the clubhouse. He's a good player. To be perfectly honest with you, the Astros, it's a great fit. It's a great trade for them. And and turn it around for the Red Sox, you know, Bloom has no benefit of the doubt in terms of what he's getting back. Mm -hmm. Like none. Because he he hasn't shown the ability to really hit on guys. And we can hear all the, the praise for these two guys coming back all the live long day, but the fact of the matter is that, number one, they're the 29th and 30th ranked prospect in some areas with the, with the Astros. And number two, like I said, 
there's been other guys who've come. We've heard there were great players, and they aren't great players. I can't believe I'm I'm asking you this, but do you think uh, the Orioles trading off pieces changes the way the Red Sox do business? It's a great question because before the game last night, I was talking to a player in the in the clubhouse, and like I think these guys are tying themselves in the knots to try to keep some sort of optimism about how the things are going to shake out after today. And they said, oh, look, the Orioles, they're giving up. That's one team mm. less that we have to beat, right? And, and then, so that was before the game. And then the next thing you know, the Red Sox are doing the exact same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it really is. And I wrote this today, is that today, like we can talk about the Vasquez thing and, and everything else. Today is a defining moment for Heimblum. It just is. This is the time where either you live up to what you were saying and you actually try to make the playoffs in maybe a creative way while selling off some of the pieces but adding some as well, or you don't. I mean, I think today is a huge, huge day. Uh, moving, shifting focus a little bit, Austin Riley's contract, does that have any impact on what Rafael Devers will be looking for when he sits down with the Red Sox? I think the Red Sox probably would like it too, but I don't think Devers probably thinks along those lines. Right. Like, you know, yeah. So it's, it's sort of like, you know, when the news that came out that they wanted to comp him to Matt Olson and, and Devers, one thing Devers is doing is Devers is saying, I don't want to be compared to virtually anybody unless you're talking about the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. And Austin Riley is a good player, but I think that in Raphael Devers mind that he, he wants to be compared with, the best of the best. Right. And and he is not going to take a discount. Rob, we're going to let you run. I'm sure it's going to mm-hmm. be a hectic day today. Thanks for joining us, man. Terrific insight Thank as always. Thank you so much. All right, guys. I'll see you. Take care. That is Rob Bradford of WEEI in Boston. I can't believe, this is what I can't believe, that the big bad Red Sox are worried about the Orioles. I, I it, And the thought process that goes into, okay, they're selling it off. And now we can make a decent run at this because we don't have to worry about them as much now. There's something to that. Like it's, and it's the Red Sox. So it'll be an interesting thing to see how the next, what is it, seven hours and 11 minutes go. What the Red Sox do. You see, I, I think, and I was just looking at the return, <clears throat> pardon me, that uh, Baltimore got from Minnesota. And again, prospect rankings are only, you know. Yeah. The top prospect going for Jorge Lopez was Minnesota's 22nd prospect. Yep. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind. Jorge Lopez has been, um, he is not as dominant as he was earlier in the year. And I think that knowing the way the Blue Jays think, you know, we've talked about how volatile the relief market can be. I, and I'm not even saying that the Jays spoke to Baltimore about Jorge Lopez. Mm-hmm. I 15 games left between the teams. I don't, I don't know, but that gets back to and the reason I mentioned the prospect is the twins are sending four prospects. I mean, we call every minor leaguer a prospect. Some guys, no disrespect, Kevin, some guys are just minor leaguers. Like Anthony K is no not question. a prospect. No question. He's, he's a minor leaguer. You're right. Uh, so we have to be careful when we use prospects, but mm-hmm. that's the return for Jorge Lopez. Uh, is is uh, he makes he makes Dave sense Polish. in Minnesota? Bigger park, element of surprise. He's a ground ball machine. 
that that makes sense when it comes to Minnesota. Wouldn't make sense in in the American League East. So yeah, I get it. But again, it gets back to you, you're you're trying to eliminate one team to warrant trying to make a run in your division, which is mm-hmm. sort of what the Red Sox are trying to do. Will it work? Uh, yeah, I'm not real sure. If, yeah, I'm I'm not sure if that's going to work, but we'll see. Uh, I want to mention, by the way, that DMs are open. We will do Barker's back leg bits today, and uh, boy, it's it's filling up, but uh, we're still monitoring. So feel free to uh, send us a DM. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. Coming up ahead, Sweeney Murdy on the boss or on the New York Yankees, Rock Kabutka on the Orioles, and Rays analyst Brian Anderson. The Jays and Rays will. Uh, Open a two-game series tonight at 7.07. You can catch that game live on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan and Sportsnet. Um, There will be, of course, a Blue Jays Central before the game. John Paul Morosi will join Jamie and Joe, give you all the the, the scoops on the trades. Again, 6 p.m. is the trade deadline. So it is entirely possible that there will be trades um, trickling in right up to first pitch because... You know, the trades have to be processed and, you know, go through computers and the whole thing like that. So uh, stay on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet all day day long for the latest in trade chatter and indeed the latest in trades getting made. There you go. Cade Povich, Yenye Cano, Juan Nunez, and Juan Rojas. Those are all pitchers, four pitchers going to the Baltimore Orioles for Jorge Lopez. Mm. And this is something you talked about. The w- When we talk about the depth of an organization, there is a scenario when you put together a trade where you offer a team an option. You may say to them, look, we will give you one of our top three prospects or we'll give you three of our lower-ranked prospects. Mm-hmm. And some teams, if I'm the Orioles for Jorge Lopez, and I know the Orioles are getting grilled a little bit right now over this deal, I get what the Orioles are doing. The Orioles are saying, we need quantity. Sure, you could have traded Jorge Lopez for maybe the 15th-rated uh, minor leaguer in the sure. Twins system, but the Orioles, who have done such a great job identifying guys for their mm-hmm. bullpen, they built a bullpen out of jack squat this year. Great point. So they're looking at guys... And they're thinking there's something this guy has. Maybe when we can get him in in our system, maybe we can develop him. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I get what the Orioles are doing here. They're they're looking at their track record of success this year, which has been based on hitting it out of the park with relievers and pitchers. And they're saying, just give us your arms and we'll figure something out. Think with your brain, not with your heart. They see Seattle getting better. The Rays are getting better. The Blue Jays are probably going to get better. The Twinkies are getting better. It's going to be hard to make a run you at know, it. The, yeah, the Orioles be are realistic. Sitting, the Orioles are sitting no there. No question. And then they're thinking, you know what? If we win eight of, or if we win seven games of the 15 against the Jays, you know what? We may back into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the only way we're going to get in the playoffs. If we do, that is great. If we don't, we're already better. I mean, they got more wins now than a lot of people thought they'd have all year. No question. And they're good enough. Well, we'll see without Mancini. But they still got Mountcastle. They still got Mullins. They've got Rutschman, who looks like he's hitting his stride. Back in the fence up, worked. It now did. you have a blueprint of how to win in the American League East. You don't always have to be, have to have the best names. 
Yeah. You make adjustments, whether it's spin it first, whether it's ground ball with power. Now you have a blueprint. Now you can figure it out that way. You don't have to spend as much, and you can make a decent run at it. So it's – I get what they're doing. I mean, it's not – if you're a fan of the Orioles, it'll be a it'll be a hard take. Jorge but. Lopez, sorry, 19 saves, 48 in the third innings, 1.680 ERA, 54-17 strikeouts to walks. He's solid. He's a solid guy. He is. He's a solid guy. Uh, I, you know, he will um, – he will uh, – yeah, he'll 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 be useful. He'll be useful for the for the Minnesota no Twins. Um, just looking at uh, Jim Bowden, the Padres appear to be the front runner to want land Juan Soto. Watch for Jarlin Sosana, right-handed pitcher, to be one of the keys to the trade deadline. Eighteen years old, six foot six, with a clean delivery and holds ninety-eight miles power in late innings. There you go. I'm sure the Jays have got like hundred. Realize I'm being facetious. Are you? Are you? Sweeney Murdy, Rock Kabutka, Brian Anderson. We're going to go around the American League East on this trade deadline. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Eastern is the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And a reminder, under the terms of the new CBA, we've done away with that August stuff that used to happen where everybody would say, you guys said it was a deadline. It wasn't a deadline because they just added somebody. Gone. I'm glad. So if you're going to make a significant... If you're going to make a significant move, if you're going to make a signif- uh, significant move, today is the day to do it, and uh, as we mentioned, everybody around the Toronto Blue Jays has done something, most of it good. I'm sure everybody around the Toronto Blue Jays will tell you that they've improved. The question is, one, why the hell hasn't Ross done anything? And I'm being a little facetious here. Mm. And two, what is out there that uh, the Jays still may be interested in? Let's bring in the man who knows he's shy to Vidi, MLB insider with Sportsnet who is in Tampa with the Jay Shy, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this is what this is going to be your first of about 175 appearances on Sportsnet today. So, thank you for this. <laughs> no uh, problem, guys. Yo, yo, your voice, your voice. Come on, man. Get, get more coffee Excited. in you. Come on, man. Get more coffee <laughs> in you. Uh, it's uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a long day already, but uh, all, all good. This is uh, this is a fun time. I bet it has. Have you squeezed your run in yet? Because that's a great area to run in, right? You're in you're in uh, St. Pete. Great area to run. You squeezed it in yet? I did uh, early this boy. morning. Uh, just be, just before uh, the, just before the humidity got uh, ridiculously. Oh boy! Just just oppressive early. Yeah, way to go. Um, are, is it safe to say that the Jays right now are in the market for rental players, or is that too? simplistic no i definitely think that's the market for them and i my sense even back to friday was that was probably where they were going to go i I would i do believe they were right there neck and neck with the yankees uh for uh, in the frankie montes lutrovino deal uh that didn't end up happening and those guys weren't rentals uh but the the yankees probably tipped the scale there uh, at the end, when they when they included Waldachuk and uh, Medina in that uh, in that deal, uh, beyond that, uh, it feels like 
especially with the inflationary prices, that the rental market is where the Jays might find their comfort zone. I wonder, I've heard conflicting about uh, conflicting things about this the past few days on, uh, you know, yes, they might be in on Rachel Iglesias. No, they're not. Uh, the Angels may move them. They may not. That, that to me, would be a really intriguing one. Uh, it'd be a closer. He's got uh, the next three seasons. He's due $16 million in each of them. That would be a huge departure for this team. Uh, and that might be a deal that where you know the money becomes a bit more of a factor than the prospect, mm-hmm. uh, but but that would be again a, a massive departure for this team the way that they look at relievers. So I, I, it's still pretty wide open. My guess is where it lands is it ultimately ends up with uh, some rental players. Shai, what should that tell fans? Should that tell them that they really like their minor leaguers, don't want to give them up, or they don't think as highly about their team this year? because of where the Astros and the Yankees are? That's a great question, and I've been thinking a lot about that. And on the surface, my first instinct is to say that it's more about how they're viewing their minor leaguers, and that whether that's relative to the market or relative to the opportunities that are at hand, you know, that we can debate a little bit, but... Clearly, last year, when they made the move for Barrios with Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson, they felt comfortable enough in surrendering those prospects uh, to, to make that deal happen. And that they haven't done that yet. I mean, and, and it could still happen. So I don't want to let, let's not jump to conclusions. There's still, uh, you know, eight more hours before, or seven and a half more hours before we're all said and done here. But it could be that they simply feel much more strongly about their current group of prospects, or it could also be reflective of maybe divergence of opinion between how they value their prospects and how other teams are valuing their prospects. So, you know, I would say that that answer is probably a little of everything there, but you you can't be too reactionary in this period. You're saying, okay, well, the Yankees are this and, you know, the, the Astros are this. And, and we're this, so we're not going to do anything. You've got to try to address the holes that you have in your team as best you can and maximize the opportunity before you. And if you're kind of waving a white flag because the Yankees are really good this year, well, you know, you probably shouldn't be running a team. Shy, one of the things that does happen at this time of the year as well is general managers collect information, right? In other words, even if Ross Atkins doesn't trade, let's say Teoscar or Bo Bichette, at the trade deadline, he may have an idea of what their market value is just from sort of ancillary discussions that have come up. Do you think, and I understand all our focus is on today, is on the here and now, but I'm wondering if you think in the offseason, let's say this team goes to the playoffs, it doesn't win a series or wins a series. Do you think in the offseason we may be looking at a bit of a a shakeup here? And, and by that, I mean that maybe the market for a guy like Bo, Teoscar is another guy, but Bo in particular because the Jays haven't made any headway in getting these guys signed. You think that may be something that Ross is kind of sussing out as well right now? I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot of the, the online chatter saying, oh, you know, build a package around Bo for Juan Soto and all these things. I just... I don't know how you recreate Bo Bichette if you trade him away and what, what you're going to do with him 
that is going to make it worthwhile for you to treat. I mean, like you've got a, a shortstop who's got a chance to win a batting title and the capability to drive in a hundred runs, <laughs> you know, and even though he's been hot and cold a bit at the plate this year, I, I'm not trading that skill set. He's become a much more consistent defender. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing about the extension, my sense is that the Jays are comfortable playing things out with both Guerrero and Bichette right up until they're eligible to be free agents. And they feel that if they go to the market, they can always match or beat the other prices should they feel that's a deal they want to make at that point. Uh, Just want to jump in quickly. Uh, John Heyman has reported that uh, the Minnesota Twins are getting Jorge Lopez from the uh, Baltimore Orioles, the Orioles closer. So um, there you go. Yeah. Twinkies got better. Twinkies got better. (laughs) Definitely got better. Yeah. Uh, That's an interesting move from the Orioles, too. Just, you know, that's – they've started making some headway this year, and now they're subtracting a little – yesterday with Trey Mancini, a a trade that gutted them, but it was understandable from a contractual complaint – from a contractual control standpoint. Uh, Lopez is a little bit different. Let, let me ask you very quickly because I know we're, we're, we 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 want to let you scoot. Uh, I know you've got you've got a lot of work to do today. We saw the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals make an in division trade. Now the Pirates aren't aren't a factor in that that race right now, but they've made an in division trade. Could you see the Jays and Boston making a deal because there are a couple of guys the Red Sox have. Look, Jackie Bradley Jr. would look okay here. Nathan Uvalde's a guy who makes sense if you look at what the Jays are looking for. He makes a certain amount of sense as well. Do you think we could see a divisional trade within the East, especially since Uvalde's a rental guy? So it's not like it would necessarily come back and 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 kill the Red Sox for the next four or five years. It's kind of funny because we saw it in reverse, right? You think to a few years ago where the Jays sent Pierce to Boston right. and Hap to the Yankees, and you know now the Red Sox have to see Santiago Espinal yeah. all the time, and and the return for for Hap didn't end up uh, impacting uh, the division in a significant way. So, it, it I, I've wondered about that. I I don't know where the Blue Jays sit on it. Clearly, they they felt comfortable subtracting. To their divisional rivals, if that's where the value is at, uh, I wonder if there might be a bit of hesitation doing it on the buy side, uh, unless you know they felt comfortable enough that you know the player wasn't likely to come back and bite them in a significant way. Shy, we're going to let you go again. Appreciate you doing this. Uh, have a mm-hmm. uh, ha- have a great day today. Thanks, buddy. Nope. Take care, guys. Thanks, yeah. man. A shy to VDR MLB insider with Sportsnet. So if you missed it, the breaking news. Uh, an early trade today, Jorge Lopez going from the Orioles to the Minnesota Twins. And the Jays have 15 games left against the Orioles, so this is something to keep in mind. I guess there are two ways to look at it. One, Jorge Lopez is going to a team in Minnesota that the Jays might face in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, Jorge Lopez won't be facing the Jays in any of those it 15 helps. games. Although, who do the Jays play? After they're done with the Twinkies. Rays, they Twinkies. go on and play the Twinkies. Well, I, I, I just Four don't, games against I just the don't Twinkies. Know. I, I know what Shy just said. I don't know how the Blue Jays can afford to do that. The, the Blue Jays are as good as... Afford as, to do what? They, they can't go out and get really good players just because they, they're too many years of control and it would cost them too much. I, I don't think they have a choice.
Like I, I, I think they have to go out and get the best arm that they can possibly get or arms because all the other teams are doing it. All the other teams are getting better in the American League. Well, and you're, you're the only team that's not going to – I mean, Michael Former, I, I think he's a free agent in 24. But how, how, how do you just – so you're just going to go out and, and just get the guys that are free agents next year? I, I, that, for me, I'm just not sure makes a ton of sense. I, I know probably what they're trying to do. You know, you want your cake and eat it too. But can you do that? Well, let's find out what the Boston Red Sox are up to. Let's bring in Rob Bradford of WEEI. So, so Rob, I don't know if it's a matter of the Red Sox wanting their cake and eating it too, as much as I'm not entirely certain what what Heim Bloom is baking right now. Is it a cake? <laughs> like, is it a cupcake? Is it a pie? I don't know. Is it a focaccia? Do you have any idea what he's doing right now? It, it, it kind of feels like a, a, one of those cakes you're baking that it sort of like collapses in the, in the middle of baking it. You're not good at baking. That's right. Don't open. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That would be the exact same way. But yeah, listen, I mean, in this clubhouse right now, when I walked out of that clubhouse last night, these guys are as confused as anybody. These guys are, are I think, borderline angry, to be honest with you. They, they just traded away a, a guy who was very popular in a team, a guy who was very productive on this team. Um, so why Heim Bloom gets with the media last night in the middle of the game and says, we want to, I want to make the playoffs, so forth. They, the puzzle isn't complete. Well, right now, the, the, you just took away a piece. And, and until you put some other pieces back, no one's going to believe it because that's not the track record and that's not the sort of vibe that he's been giving off the whole way. So, yeah, um, some very, very uncomfortable um, feelings right now, I think, in that clubhouse. Any idea if they would trade in the American League East? Oh, With- I think they would. I think they would, but here's the thing is that, you know, whatever trade you make, after what you said, which is, you know, we want to make the playoffs, whatever trade you make, better. there are certain trades that you can't make, you can make and have that still hold up, right? And I think that's along those lines. I don't think you can make a trade with a team you're chasing, make them better, and, and build something for the future. I don't think that's, that, that's disingenuous. Just like with Nathan Avaldi and J.D. Martinez, yep. two guys who we have to see if they're going to be traded. If you, in my mind, if you trade either one of those guys, you're basically wave, waving the white flag because you need that. Those are the exact guys you need to make this aforementioned run. So there's no way you trade Bogarts after what you just said and trying to make the playoffs. Can't trade your shortstop, can you? Well, that's the bizarre thing is that. Uh, about a week ago or five days ago, they said that they went to Bogart and said, we're not trading you. Okay. They said they did the same thing with Devers. That's, that made everyone feel good for a minute. Mm-hmm. That made Bogart feel good. That made Devers feel good. But unless you're going to make a very real effort to re-sign these guys, which uh, neither one of them are talking right now, if you'd listen to them, Unless you're going to make a real, very real effort, then why aren't you exploring it? What they should have done is made their what they felt was the close to their best offer for both those guys. Find out if it was realistic if they were going to sign them, and if they didn't feel it was realistic, then absolutely they should have entertained trading them. But instead, I think that public perception from ownership said, told them, "Say, hey, listen, we can't have this hit." we got to have you go down and tell them these two, our two guys aren't going to be traded. 
Well, I tell you what, those two guys last night leaving that clubhouse weren't super happy about Vasquez leaving town. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I was thinking about that. I, I watched the game, and you know the the whole scenario before the game was bizarre with oh. you know, poor Christian Vasquez in a Red Sox uniform, and you know the Red Sox people ushering ushering him away. Uh, yeah, well, look, what what did the Astros get in Christian Vasquez? Well, I think they listen. They they get they get a a a good catcher. He's a flawed catcher, but he's a good catcher. He's a good. He's been actually playing his best baseball this year. I don't think there's any question about it. In years past, there was a there was whispers that the pitchers, or some of the pitchers, didn't want to throw to them. wasn't a great pitch caller. Uh, wanted to be more like you, one of the Molinas. You know, cared more about that sort of stuff and being flashy behind the plate. But I think this year he has taken a huge, huge step forward, and he's a good guy to have in the clubhouse. He's a good player. He, he's to be perfectly honest with you. The Astros, it's a great fit. It's a great trade for them. And and turn it around for the Red Sox, you know, High Bloom has no benefit of the doubt in terms of what he's getting back. Mm-hmm. Like, none. Because he, he hasn't shown the ability to really hit on guys. And we can hear all the, the praise for these two guys coming back all the live long day. But the fact of the matter is that, number one, they're the 29th and 30th ranked prospect in some areas with the, with the Astros. And number two, like I said, there's been other guys who've come. We've heard there were great players, and they are great players. I can't believe I'm, I'm asking you this, but do you think uh, the Orioles trading off pieces changes the way the Red Sox do business? It's a great question because before the game last night, I was talking to a player in the, in the clubhouse, and like I think these guys are tying themselves in the knots to try to keep some sort of optimism about how the things are going to shake out after today. And they said, oh, look, the Orioles, they're giving up. That's one team mm. less that we have to beat, right? And, and then, so that was before the game. And then the next thing you know, the Red Sox are doing the exact same thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it really is. And I wrote this today, is that today, like we can talk about the Vasquez thing and, and everything else. Today is a defining moment for Heimblum. It just is. This is the time where either you live up to what you were saying and you actually try to make the playoffs in maybe a creative way by selling off some of the pieces but adding some as well, or you don't. I mean, I think today is a huge, huge day. Uh, moving, shifting focus a little bit, Austin Riley's contract, does that have any impact on what Rafael Devers will be looking for when he sits down with the Red Sox? I think the Red Sox probably would like it too, but I don't think Devers probably thinks along those lines. Right. Like, you know, yeah. So it's, it's sort of like, you know, when the news that came out that they wanted to comp him to Matt Olson and, and Devers, one thing Devers is doing is Devers is saying, I don't want to be compared to virtually anybody unless you're talking about the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. And Austin Riley is a good player, but I think that in Raphael Devers mind that he, he wants to be compared with, the best of the best. Right. And and he is not going to take a discount. Rob, we're going to let you run. I'm sure it's going to mm-hmm. be a hectic day today. Thanks for joining us, man. Terrific insight Thank as always. Thank you so much. All right, guys. I'll see you. Take care. That is Rob Bradford of WEEI in Boston. I can't believe, this is what I can't believe, that the big bad Red Sox are worried about the Orioles. I, I it, And the thought process that goes into, okay, they're selling it off. 
and now we can make a decent run at this because we don't have to worry about them as much now. There's something to that. Like it's, and it's the Red Sox. So it'll be an interesting thing to see how the next, what is it, seven hours and 11 minutes go. What the Red Sox do. You see, I, I think, and I was just looking at the return, <clears throat> pardon me, that uh, Baltimore got from Minnesota. And again, prospect rankings are only, you know. Yeah. The top prospect going for Jorge Lopez was Minnesota's 22nd prospect. Yep. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind. Jorge Lopez has been, um, he is not as dominant as he was earlier in the year. And I think that knowing the way the Blue Jays think, you know, We've talked about how volatile the relief market can be. I, and I'm not even saying that the Jays spoke to Baltimore about Jorge Lopez. Mm-hmm. I, 15 games left between the teams, I don't, I don't know. But that gets back to and the reason I mentioned the prospect is the Twins are sending four prospects. I mean, we call every minor leaguer a prospect. Some guys, no disrespect, Kevin, some guys are just minor leaguers. Like Anthony Kaye is no not question. a prospect. No question. He's, he's a minor leaguer. You're right. Uh, so we have to be careful when we use prospects, but mm-hmm. that's the return for Jorge Lopez. Uh, is is uh, he makes he makes Steve sense Povich. in Minnesota? Bigger part element of surprise. He's a ground ball machine. That that makes sense when it comes to Minnesota. Wouldn't make sense in in the American League East. So yeah, I get it. But again, it gets back to you, you're you're trying to eliminate one team to warrant trying to make a run in your division, which is mm-hmm. sort of what the Red Sox are trying to do. Will it work? Uh, yeah, I'm not real sure. If, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to work, but we'll see. Uh, I want to mention, by the way, that DMs are open. We will do Barker's back leg bits today, and, uh, boy, it's it's filling up, but uh, we're still monitoring, so feel free to uh, send us a DM. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. Coming up ahead, Sweeney Murdy on the, boss, or on the New York Yankees, Rock Kabutka on the Orioles, and Rays analyst Brian Anderson. The Jays and Rays will uh, open a two-game series tonight at 7.07. You can catch that game live on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and Sportsnet. Um, There will be, of course, a Blue Jays Central before the game. John Paul Morosi will join Jamie and Joe, give you all the the, the scoops on the trades. Again, 6 p.m. is the trade deadline. So it is entirely possible that there will be trades um, trickling in right up to first pitch because, you know, the trades have to be processed and, you know, go through computers and the whole thing like that. So uh, stay on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet all day, uh, all day long for the latest in trade chatter and indeed the latest in trades getting made. There you go. Cade Povich, Yenye Cano. Juan Nunez and Juan Rojas. Those are all pitchers, four pitchers going to the Baltimore Orioles for Jorge Lopez. Mm. And this is something you talked about. The, when we talk about the depth of an organization, there is a scenario when you put together a trade where you offer a team an option. You may say to them, look, we will give you one of our top three prospects or we'll give you three of our lower-ranked prospects. Mm-hmm. And some teams, if I'm the Orioles for Jorge Lopez, and I know the Orioles are getting grilled a little bit right now over this deal, I get what the Orioles are doing. The Orioles are saying, we need quantity. 
Sure, you could have traded Jorge Lopez for maybe the 15th rated uh, minor leaguer in the sure. twin system. But the Orioles, who have done such a great job identifying guys for their mm-hmm. bullpen, they built a bullpen out of jack squat this year. Great point. So they're looking at guys, and they're thinking there's something this guy has. Maybe when we can get him in, in our system, maybe we can develop Blueprint. him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I get what the Orioles are doing here. They're, they're looking at their track record of success this year, which has been based on hitting it out of the park with relievers and pitchers, and they're saying, just give us your arms, and we'll figure something Think out. Think with your brain, not with your heart. They see Seattle getting better. The Rays are getting better. The Blue Jays are probably going to get better. The Twinkies are getting better. It's going to be hard to make a run you at know, it. The, yeah, the Orioles be are realistic. Sitting, the Orioles are sitting no there. No question. And then they're thinking, you know what? If we win... Eight of, or if we win seven games of the 15 against the Jays, you know what? We may back into the playoffs, mm-hmm. but that's probably the only way we're going to get in the playoffs. If we do, that is great. If we don't, we're already better. I mean, they got more wins now than a lot of people thought they'd have all year. No question. And they're good enough. Well, we'll see without Mancini, but they still got Mountcastle. They still got Mullins. They've got Rutschman, who looks like he's hitting his stride. Back in the fence up worked. It now did. you have a blueprint of how to win in the American League East. You don't always have to be, have to have the best names. Yeah. You make adjustments, whether it's spin it first, whether it's ground ball with power. Now you have a blueprint. Now you can figure it out that way. You don't have to spend as much, and you can make a decent run at it. So it's – I get what they're doing. I mean, it's not – if you're a fan of the Orioles, it'll be a, it'll be a hard take. Jorge but. Lopez, sorry, 19 saves, 48 in the third innings, 1.680 RA, 54-17 strikeouts to walks. He's solid. He's a solid guy. He is. He's a solid guy. Uh, you know he will, um, he will, uh, yeah, he'll 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 be useful. He'll be useful for the for the Minnesota no Twins. Um, just looking at uh, Jim Bowden, the Padres appear to be the front runner to want land Juan Soto. Watch for Jarlin Sosana, right-handed pitcher, to be one of the keys to the trade deadline. 18 years old, six foot six with a clean delivery, and holds 98 miles power in late innings. There you go. I'm sure the Jays have got like 100 of I realize I'm being facetious. Are you? Are you? Sweeney Murdy, Rock Kabutka, Brian Anderson. We're going to go around the American League East on this trade deadline. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.